Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, y'all, it's Alante, and you're listening to Black and in Grad School, the podcast that helps women and people of color like you excel in this journey. If you're listening, I believe you are an aspiring or current scholar who wants to successfully navigate this process by sharing my experience while pursuing my PhD and interviewing other black graduate students or early career professionals. It is my hope that you can glean encouragement, advice and strategies that you can apply to your journey. Thanks for listening. Hey, y'all, it's Alante back with another episode of Black and in Grad School. And today we have a special guest, Nicole, who's going to be talking to us about her experience going through graduate school, going through um, just her life story and being a Black woman in the space, in the public health space. And so I'm really excited to have Nicole here. Welcome. Hey, 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 good to be here. Thank you for the invitation. And I'm really excited because I graduated from graduate school a long time ago. So it's kind of cool to really think back to those times and um, share sort of how I have grown since then. Absolutely. And we're happy to just hear your story. So I want you to start just giving people a little bit of background about yourself um, and then what you studied in grad school. Perfect. I am a public health professional. I've been in public health for about 15 years. I'm a mom. I am also a business owner. I own property. So I have a, a lot going on in my life. And the, the way that I got into public health was actually trying to take care of my daughter. I was a teen mom. I started undergrad and pregnant. I was like, oh, <laughs> ooh. Um, and so because of that, I had to figure out how to take care of myself and take care of her. And so I got a job at the health department. I was answering the, the SPD hotline. People were calling about bumps and burns on their areas. And I was doing that kind of work. And that's when I realized that I really like public health. And I was working with these folks that are called health educators. And so I learned that they had master's degrees in public health. So that's when I decided to go back to graduate school. Um, and I graduated way back in 2005, which is like, what? Long time ago. But I think that it was one of the best decisions that I made. And I had a, a wonderful mentor that said to me, do it. It's only going to be two years. Two years is going to pass anyway. You will double your salary. And she was absolutely correct. So you shared that we can double these salaries. We always want to hear about that because let me tell you, as a broke grad student right now, I am ready to have a salary again. I don't even care if it's double or not, but I hope it is. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I would love to really, you know, hear about your experience. You know, you you said you you went to got you got your master's. So it's not like you worked before you went back to grad school, correct? Yes. And for me, I think it was a really good experience to do that because I think I had a leg up 
on the other students because I had the work experience and I could understand the concepts that were taught in graduate school a little bit better because I'm like, oh, that's what happened at work yesterday. Um, so it right. was definitely a benefit. Were you working while you were in your master's program? Yes. Okay. I was working full time. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I know so many people that listen are working full time and in graduate school. And so talk us through that. Like, how did you structure your day? What was that like? What was your mindset when you were um, doing this full time job and a full time graduate program? It was really hard and it did require me to be very organized. And I will just say I am not an organized person. So to have to be organized was a struggle. Um, And I also will say that it also helped a whole lot that my supervisors were very supportive because I would have to work this weird, you know, maybe work three hours in the day, go to class, come back. I would have to kind of do this weird kind of a schedule to make sure I was able to do my work, my day job and the school. So it really helped to have a supervisor that was understanding and was wanting for me to succeed. So um, definitely had to be more organized. And remember, I had a daughter. So by the time I started graduate school, she was what? Like six years old. She was in uh, first grade. So, Nicole, tell us how did you balance working full time and being a parent and getting a master's degree? What were you thinking? How did you organize yourself? People want to know. Let me tell you, it was a struggle. The struggle was real um, because it was so much to, to really handle at one time. I will say that it did make a huge difference that my supervisor at work was very understanding and allowed me to work a flexible schedule, right? So maybe some days I worked six hours, some days I worked eight, some days I worked four in order to go to school. And I ain't going to lie to you, there were times where I was at work don't tell nobody, but I was working on schoolwork at work because I had to get it done. Um, and so you just become creative. I relied a lot on my family, my parents, um, her dad, my daughter's father as well. You know, they spent time together. So it really helped me to be able to manage everything because it was really um, it was it was hard because I'm not typically what I would consider an organized person anyway. So that made it even harder. Like, dang, I got to pay attention because I don't have a lot of time to mess around or, you know, oops and and have to start over again on something. So it was definitely hard, but if you have a network and a support system, it makes it very um, easy as far as getting things done. Sure. It it sounds like you, one, were very focused, right? And and in that focus, you were able to articulate your needs to your support system. And they knew, you know, that they needed to help you with your daughter or helping you, you know, staying on top of things. And also like taking advantage of your job, you know, like moments in your job, right? I know you, I know you were always doing your work at your job, but taking taking advantage of the lulls to get things done um, as you could, right? Absolutely. And it it wasn't always perfect. I remember one Mm -hmm. incident in particular, her dad, my daughter's father, forgot to pick her up from school. The school is calling me and calling and calling because my daughter's crying and hysterical. The school I went to, I went to USC um, graduate school. We had class in a basement. So you can imagine there was no internet reception. I didn't know what was going on until what, a couple hours later, I come up for air and I'm like, 
Why do I have a million phone calls on my phone? So it wasn't always perfect, but I knew that I had to get it done because like I told you, my mentor said, do it. It's only two years, double your salary. I knew that that was the only way, at least in my mind, that I was going to be able to secure a future for myself and ultimately for my child. So I was like, this, this has to be done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think so many of us, you know, come into grad school with that understanding and that mindset of like, I want to, I need, I need more access more salary, you know, what, what have you. Um, and we want to make a difference and make a difference for ourselves and our families. So I, I could totally, totally um, see that. And I do want to know, like, I know, um, y'all, we're going to talk about this even more. Um, Nicole, you've, you've written a book. And I know you said you started with biomedical engineering, right? And it kind of bounced around. And so I want to know, like, how did you know public health was the space for you? Well, so that whole biomedical engineering stuff was it's a huge mess. I had no idea what biomedical engineering was, and I still don't to this day. But for some reason, I checked that box undergrad <laughs> and like, yeah, no, I what? Um, but the, again, I knew that public health was for me having that experience with those health educators when I was a student worker working at the sexually transmitted disease program. Like I thought it was so cool that they were helping people prevent sexually transmitted disease. We used to mail condoms to people. You would call, you could call them and they would mail you 10 condoms and, and send them off. We used to have go out to testing sites and help people um, do all sorts of testing and treatment and we would go to schools and do presentations. So I was like, this is really cool. I thought I wanted to be a clinician. I thought I wanted to be a nurse, but I couldn't get in college. I couldn't get the anatomy stuff together. I, could, I failed like biology undergrad. It was horrible, but I'm like, I still want to help people. And so this was like a way to help people without having to be um, a physician or, or some sort of medical professional. And I think that's really how um, it helped. And I think that also speaks to the importance of internships, of student professional positions or those kinds of jobs where you get to kind of test the waters, because that's what really introduced me to public health. I love that. So how many years were you working before you started your master's? It was three. So I graduated undergrad in 2000. And then I started my graduate school program in 2003. So I want to know, like, how how was it as a, a it sounds like, well, you started in 93. You say you started in 93 in the book. So I got it. All right. So um, just so y'all know, I've been reading Nicole's book. That's why we're talking. Um, and I, I saw that you actually started your journey for undergrad in 93. So it sounds like you spent some time also as a non-traditional student. Um, I think even, you know, the fact that, you know, you had your daughter. Um, so what was that like then um, n- not navigating that space? There might be people listening who are thinking about graduate school who have already started their families and want to know like what to do maybe right now while they're finishing up their undergraduate degrees. Right. So I actually graduated. I started um, college in 96. When I graduated from high school, I went straight in. Um, And it was hard. There's a point of a story in the book that I tell where, oh, I'm like, I walk to the student bookstore, you know, to pick up my books. And I have my daughter in the stroller. And then I get to the front of the building and I stop. I'm like, wait a minute. 
any other time I would have ran up the stairs, I had forgotten there were stairs. And I'm like, how am I supposed to get this child up these stairs into this building? It made me realize how, in some instances, buildings and facilities are not very family friendly or even friendly to people with disabilities. I, I could have been in a wheelchair and trying to figure out how do I get in this building? Um, there was no, um, as far as I can recall, assistance for me as a, as a mother, a young mother on campus. I was even told by administration, why don't you take a leave of absence? And I was like, well, why would I do that? I, this isn't some tragedy. Like I knew I was, pre- you know, I'm pregnant. I just need some support. It can be difficult. And again, that's where I think your family structure, your sense of support, whether it's your family that you inherited or the family that you create is really, really important because sometimes the the structures and the infrastructure and the protocols at the university level just isn't there. I can say that I hope um, by now things have gotten better. More people are returning to school. So I'm hoping that there are more amenities, more benefits, more support for families. But I, I can just remember feeling like, what? The? I can't even get in the bookstore. Like, how do I get in here to get my books with this stroller? I don't know. And Somebody had to pick the stroller up and um, with her in it <laughs> and bring us upstairs to get inside. So little that's a small thing, but it's major. Like I can't leave her outside. I got to We got to go in this building. So it was really interesting and something that I hadn't thought of until I actually had her. Um, so, yeah, it's really important to think that through. See, ask the school, like, what can you do for me? What's available? Are classes, you know, at certain times of the day that are more um, easier for students to, to take. It's, it's really important to think that through. Yeah. I think that you kind of started to touch on something that every student should be using is like making sure you're articulating your needs to your department head or to professors. If you have, you know, any extenuating circumstances, like as it relates to your family, um, and especially those who are going through undergrad. And I, and I know, um, I, I've interviewed another um, person who like actually completed her PhD during while and she had two children. And one of the times while she was breastfeeding, and she commented like on the difficulty of even finding like a safe space to breastfeed, let alone um, you know bringing your child into the bookstore, you know, into places um, with a ramp. So, kudos to you. I really want to know next, like you know, you, you found this public health space that you really enjoyed. You decided to get the master's and you were able to handle that. And so you said you've had this longstanding career. And I think that's one thing that we don't talk about a lot on this podcast is like life after the graduate degree. And so can you just tell us like, maybe like your first job and then how you started to make decisions around your career moving forward? Sure. So one of the first places I worked, um, again, and and like I said before, I kind of had this already um, ingrained in my head. Well, it wasn't ingrained in my head, but I pretty much had to work and do things in school simultaneously. So what happened was um, I had, after I I had worked that student worker position at the health department, I left to go work for the University of Southern California, where I was going to graduate school. So when I got that first job um, at USC, that's when I applied to graduate school because guess what? They gave out a tuition assistance or tuition reimbursement. So I used that to my advantage and worked there for a couple of years. 
Um, and the job was real weird. Like my boss was strange and I, I had to end up quitting. And so I, what I did was I called my um, colleague at the health department and I said, I need help. I need to get back into the county. And they got me back in. Um, and I pretty much stayed there. I mean, I'm still there. I just, I'm, like, I'm still there. Um, but I worked up the ladder. I went from a health education assistant that requires no degree, just a couple years of experience to a health educator, which requires a master's degree. So that's like the entry level um, position for um, someone coming out of school with an MPH degree. Worked that job for like 10 years, um, primarily in South Los Angeles. And I really, really enjoyed it, actually. And from there, kind of moved up the chain to a senior health educator. And so as far as thinking through my positions, I just, you know, for that first decade as a health educator, I was just happy because I got to work in South Los Angeles where I live and worry and concern myself with issues that were important to me. And so I didn't really worry too much about where I was going and, and how to promote quickly. I stayed there for a long time. And then when I finally realized it was time to go, I, I kind of hit a little bit of a roadblock but it was okay because I figured out how to get around it and, and was able to promote. So I literally worked the entire career ladder for the health education series um, in our department. So health ed assistant, health educator, senior health educator, and health education coordinator, which I am now. Um, I direct a program. And, you know, it's just been very intentional for me and um, hoping to continue to, you know, promote and retire, I hope, in 10 years. I'm trying to get out of here early. I don't want to be mm-hmm. 75, you know, um, looking sad. And <laughs> I want to be out of here at like 50. So um, really excited. Oh, and I would say the other thing that's really important as far as career path and, and things that you can do, that master's degree gives you a one-way ticket, in my mind, to things like teaching. And so that's why I've been teaching for the last 12 years as well. So that's another way that I can kind of add um, something fulfilling to my to my body of work. I love teaching and them students that I teach may not know about public health when they when they start class. But by the time they leave, they understand social justice, racism, and they have heard it from the perspective of a black woman from South Central L.A. So they get fully uh, educated on all the things that are really important um, to public health. And several of them often express to me, you know what, I think I want a graduate degree. So for me, that means I've done my job. So you always want to think about that, like what else can I do on the side? sit on boards, um, be on commissions. There are so many things that that master's degree gives you, that certain level of authority and expertise that um, really are really, really important. Absolutely. And I mean, can we just like, I know you all, we can't like give her a clap so she hears, but uh, I mean, seriously, Nicole has literally spurring an entire generation of practitioners to get graduate degrees. I think that's beautiful. Um, And I even enjoy like just the fact that you, you found a career you enjoyed and where thinking about that ladder wasn't necessarily like top of mind because you were so fulfilled. I think there's something to be said about that. And also you said the top of this episode, how, you know, you not only are a public health professional, but you're also a businesswoman and a mom. And so I want to know, 
how you balance all three and what led to you releasing your book that I want you to tell us more about. Yeah. So, you know, there was an interesting moment in my career that occurred about a year and a half ago that really was the catalyst behind the book. So imagine walking into a training at work on racial justice or racial equity, you know, sitting down with all the other coworkers, you know, hey, it's no big deal. And then you see this huge slide, you know, on the PowerPoint in the front of the room. And it says like black people fare worse in every single system in America. And it talks about overrepresentation in the criminal justice system. We have low educational or poor educational attainment. We have um, terrible health outcomes, all these things, housing, we're homeless more than anybody else. And we're just like, what in the world? I'm sitting in this meeting and I am, for one thing, it's not new information from a public health perspective. We hear this a lot, so it's not new. But for some reason in that particular moment, I was so angry and sad and it made me realize that there are two things that are happening. I saw I heard someone call it double consciousness. So this this privilege of of having the, the, the academic understanding, right, the educational understanding of what is being talked about. Yes, I have an MPH degree. I understand these concepts from an academic level, from a bird's eye view. But then the burden, right, the burden of being a member of the population that we're talking about. I'm a black woman. I'm sitting in this room and you're talking about me. You're talking about my family. You're talking about my neighborhood and how hard it is to sometimes balance those two sides of yourself. And that, I think, was really the catalyst behind me writing this book. I'm like, you know what? I'm mad. And I really need to think about how I got to where I am today. And, you know, how I got into this life of social justice and public health. And I think that meeting and that moment of anger and sadness um, really brought that to light for me. So that's where that's really where the book came from, literally from that meeting. So, Nicole, you shared like literally being sparked to action, right, with your book from a meeting. And y'all, I've just gotten started. And of course, I'm not going to give it away because you just released the book on June 1st. Tell us the name. Tell us what else we can find inside of the book. Sure. So the book is called Pushing Through, Finding the Light in Every Lesson. As she said, it's it's um, released June 1st. I'm so excited. The Kindle version, June 1st. And the hard copy comes out September 14th. And as I mentioned before, it is really about my journey into a life of public service, public health, and helping other people. It's also about my journey into really building community. So, you know, I talked about being a businesswoman, and part of that is really being excited about helping other Black women business owners. And for some reason, I decided to open my backyard and have pop-up shops every quarter in the backyard of my house. I'm like, we just going to do it. And um, because I really believe in the idea that we as black people um, specifically have everything that we need. We don't need to go to Target to buy Mother's Day gifts. There are people in our communities that are making beautiful quality products and we should be spending our money with them. Other things in the book, I do talk about my relationship with my daughter. 
I also talk about relationships in general. Um, I think a lot of times women like us that are very motivated, ambitious, and I will say type A women, sometimes we find ourselves in relationships that aren't as um, productive or as uh, beneficial to us as they should be. And so I talk a little bit about that journey and how I had to get out of that and figure out like, wait a minute, girl, you are worth so much more. Why are you wasting your time with a guy that's a mess and ending up with five anonymous letters written to your house, sent to your house in the mail because some crazy is going on. And so that's in the book too. Um, <laughs> also the importance of sisterhood. And again, us looking out for each other in the workspace um, and, and, and not, and even just among, you know, personally, like I have a group of friends, we have a name, we're called the fabulous sister friends of South LA. And it's like five or six of us and we support each other. And so how important that has been in my life. I had a time in my life where I was like, I don't know what I want to do with my career. And they came over, they had poster board, they had markers. They were like, what you, what do you want to do? They brought food and we were sitting there strategizing. You need friends like that. That's the kind of friends that you need around you that will help you and not just be like, girl, that will actually help you and get to an answer or a solution or a better place. Okay. So all of that is in the book and I'm so excited that it's done. And I'm so excited. I think that a lot of women will benefit. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I share it with Nicole, like off, off the mic um, when we first met, like how important I think it is that we hear more stories of, of us persisting and, and making it. And I'm so grateful that you, you know, agreed to come on the show so that we can really talk about that. And, the fact that you also like emphasize even right now the importance of community and like sister friends. Like I'm totally, oh, I'm like a girl's girl when it comes to like having female fr women friends. Like it's so important to me to have women friends who support and encourage me um, and that I do the same for them. And so hearing that they even help with your career, I, I think is something that sometimes we forget about. Like our friends are there to, to show love in every facet of our lives. But like I was saying, I really, really was excited about this book because I've been looking for something like just more stories of black women, you know, making it through getting to careers and a place in their life where they, they love just so I like know it can be done. Like you might, we know in our hearts and we know deep down that it could be done, but it's always so, so good to see and learn about someone else's experience and hear their story and, and figure out what we can take from their story to apply to our own lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think for me, you know, I feel like I have a responsibility to do so because somebody did it for me. And, mm. you know, and it's not even just one woman that has done that for me. Many at work, um, at home that have done it for me. I think even my mom, you know, my mother doesn't really probably know even what I do, but she knew that she needed to take care of my baby for me. You know, she said, look, go to school. And I, I lived at home, so I saw my child. It wasn't like she took the yeah, child. Yeah. I was, but, but you know what I mean? She said, you take care of, of you, and we're going to work this out. So there's always people that are looking out for you. And, and when you are a good person and do what you need to do and are doing your part, people will look out for you. And that has always been my truth and my experience in life. So 
and just trying to be that for other people too. Like, how can I help you? I might not know myself, but I'm a show trying to get you to the right in the right direction or to the right person. And so I just feel like I'm that is my um, duty while I'm here until I'm not here anymore. I absolutely love it. Well, Nicole, I always like to ask people before I ask them where we can find you. Is there anything, any advice that I that you want to share with everyone listening that maybe I didn't ask? I think one thing that's really important for um, people that are in graduate school or considering graduate school um, or, or trying to, you know, finishing and going into their careers is to really talk to your professors, really develop a relationship with them. That's something that I did not do very well when I was in school. You know, I know people don't believe it, but I was a little on the quiet side. And plus, I had a lot going on. I'm trying to work, trying to raise my daughter. Um, I think it's so important to reach back to those professors that have made an impact because oftentimes they'll look out for you. They'll be able to steer you in the right direction. Uh, Oh, I heard about a job or an internship or some sort of uh, opportunity. So I think just in a practical sense, I think that's really important to do. And sometimes it's easier to do that in graduate school than it is to do in undergrad. Um, So I would say definitely do that and also keep up with your classmates as well and to definitely work to create that that system of support. Really, really important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Tell people again, the name of your book is Pushing Through. It is available on Kindle. Is there a website or a place we can go to buy it? And remember y'all, I always put these in the show notes. Fabulous. So I am on Instagram, Nicole D. Vick. I'm on LinkedIn, Nicole D. Vick. (laughs) I do have a Facebook, but it's like my personal Facebook. Y'all don't want to follow me on Facebook like that. Um, I do have a Facebook page for my fashion and my image consulting world, and that is called Style Vixen. And Vixen is spelled V-I-C-K-S-E-N. And I also have a website. It's under construction, but, you know, stop by www.nicoledvick.com. Perfect. And y'all, we're actually going to talk to Nicole a little bit later this year about, you know, getting our fashions right. So we'll be looking spiffy come the fall, even if we're doing it from our computers. Yes. (laughs) But Nicole, thank you so, so much for just sharing your story, sharing your insight and giving us a little motivation to get through another moment in this grad school journey. Thank you. It was so much fun. I had a great time talking with you. Same, same. All right, y'all. I will include all Nicole's information in the show notes. Thanks for listening. And remember, grad school stuff, but you're tougher. I'll talk to y'all next week. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Black and in Grad School. For more content to help you on your grad school journey, check out blackandgradschool.com. That's B-L-K-I-N gradschool.com. Love this episode? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Until next time. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.